dear listeners, we've been discussing Iran and we've been focusing on the scholars of the 7th to the 12th centuries last week. And inshallah ta'ala, this week we'll be continuing with this particular period, but focusing more on the political theme. So looking at the 9th to the 13th centuries, which is basically the Khilafah of the Abbasids, they were actually from the 8th to the 13th centuries, and they were the Khilafah with their headquarters in the capital was in Baghdad. But as time progressed, their power had dwindled, and there were powerful dynasties in the different regions of the Khilafah. These powerful dynasties gained control of the areas, but paid allegiance to the Khalif. So they ran as vassals of the Khilafah, of the Khalif in Baghdad. So in the area of Khurasan or Sistan, which is approximately where Iran is today, where Iran is part of Khurasan and part of Sistan, in this area as well, the Abbasid Khalif's power had diminished, and a series of dynasties rose in various parts of Iran, some of them with, with considerable influence and power. And amongst the most important of these overla- overlapping dynasties, the first which we'll discuss today very briefly, were the Tahirids. And they rose up in Khurasan in the 9th century, and they ruled for a period of just 50 years. And their capital was at Naysabur or Nishapur, as they, as they pronounce it in Farsi. Nishapur, as we mentioned, was one of the cities in northeastern Iran today. And it lay on the great caravan route going eastward from Baghdad to the frontier town of Jakartis or Jakartis on the borders of China. By the use of this route, Nishapur provided the western cities of the empire with its products. Its garments of silk became very popular and were cherished amongst the Iraqis and Egyptians of the 10th century. It also produced fr- fruits, uh, raisins and currants, which were considered the best in Khurasan, and were even presented on the din- dinner tables of the Khalifs in Baghdad. Above all else, Neishabur in the 10th century exported the most delicious luxury foodstuff, like halwa, sweets, of the period. It was called edible earth. And this delicacy was exported to Turkestan as well, to Iraq and Egypt. And Asa'aladi, the uh, scholar, noted that it was very dear in Egypt, selling at one dinar a pound. And the caliphs used to eat it as a dessert. So Nesabur wasn't a, a city uh, on the outskirts of the empire. It was the capital and the beating heart of the, of this, of the Tahirids. So the Tahirids were one dynasty to rule. Also, during the 9th century, there was another dynasty known as the Safarids. They were in Sistan, which is a bit south of uh, Nesabur, and they ruled from 867 to 903. And they were the next dynasty to rule over what is Iran during this period. The dynasty's founder was Yaqub bin Layth al-Safar, al-Safar meaning the coppersmith. And he had taken control of his native province, which is Sistan. We spoke about Sistan last week. That the very, very famous scholar, Imam Abu Dawood, one of the compilers of, of the famous books of, uh, of Hadith, he hails from this area. And this area was taken over by Yaqub bin Layth al-Safar in the year 866. By 869, he had extended his control into northeastern India, including the Kabul Valley, Sindh, Balochistan, and Faris to his empire. He overthrew the Tahirids, so they were out of the picture now, and thereafter he annexed uh, Khurasan as well. So the, Safari, the, the, the uh, Safaris or Safarids, 
they continued to rule over this area. Yaqub, he then ventured to against Baghdad, uh, the capital of the Khilafah, in 876, but he was defeated by the Khalif. The Khalif was al-Mu'atamid at the time. And uh, the Khalif then acknowledged Yaqub's brother to be his successor, and his name was Amr bin Layth, and they made him the governor of Khorasan and surrounds. But the Safari Empire collapsed when Amr was trying to wrest Tans Oxiana from uh, the Samanids, and he was defeated by Ismail bin Ahmad near Balkh. So the next dynasty which it gave rise to were the Samanids. And they also rose to power in the 9th century, but they were able to continue ruling for much longer. The Samanids, they ruled from 875 to 1005. They were a very prominent and one of the more well-known dynasties during this period in history. The other two are not as well-known. The Samanids ruled for a much longer period, were a lot more powerful, and they obviously became a lot, or they are remembered much more in history. They initially started around Bukhara, and thereafter the empire spread to rule an area from central Iran right to Pakistan. They were the very first fully native dynasty to rule Iran since the Muslim conquest. And they led the revival of Persian culture as well as many ancient uh, Persian festivals during their rule were brought back. And, uh, in the later, and this happened in the latter part of the 9th century. So for the Persians, this was now a, an Iranian renaissance where for the first time since the fall of the Persian Empire, their language and culture was being revived and this at the hands of the Sunni Samanids. So the empire was mostly centered in Khorasan and Trans-Oxiana. we know, is the land which is Mawara'un-Nahar, the land beyond the river, the river being the Oxus River in English, or as it's known uh, by the locals as Amudarya, or in Arabic as Jayhun. So the area beyond this was also now part of the empire. Uh, during its existence this occurred, but at its greatest extent, the empire encompassed all of today's Afghanistan, large parts of Iran, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, and Pakistan. So it was a huge empire, uh, most of Central Asia. Um, the Samanid state was founded by four brothers. Their names were Nuh, Ahmad, Yahya, and Ilyas. And each of them ruled their own territory under the uh, under Abbasid sovereignty. However, in the year 892, Ismail bin Ahmad, he united the Samanid state under one ruler, which was very great for them, and which effectively put an end to the feudal system used by the Samanids. But it was also under him that he decided to become independent of Abbasid authority and break away from the, uh, from the Abbasid Khilafah. So during this period... It was a period of renaissance for the Persians. The Samanids had promoted the arts, giving rise to the advancement of science and literature, and thus attracted scholars such as Firdausi and Avicenna. And while under Samanid control, Bukhara was a rival to Baghdad in its glory. And the scholars note that the Samanids revived Persian more than the Safarids or the Buyids, who were also Iranian or Persian in, in origin, while they continued to patronize Arabic, but obviously to a lesser degree. So it was a period of flourishing for the land of Iran. It was during this period of the Samanids that many Turkish pagan tribes had actually reverted to Islam. 
So it was a, a period of revival for the Persians. The successor to the Samanids were the Ghaznavids, and uh, they were of non-Iranian Turkic origin, but also became instrumental in the revival of Persian culture. It was founded by Alptagin. He founded the Ghaznavid fortunes, and he established himself at Ghazna, which is in Afghanistan today. His slave was appointed as the ruler of Ghazna after him, and his name was Subuktagin. And his son was Mahmoud, and Mahmoud became really well known thereafter. He became known as Sultan Mahmoud Ghaznavi, whom many of us might have heard his name. And he was in fact the first Muslim ruler to assume the title of Sultan. So nobody before him had taken the name or the title Sultan. And he acknowledged himself to be a subject under the Khalif. And in, during his three decades of power, he established a vast empire which he ruled, and he is credited with bringing Islam to parts of India that Islam had never reached. Thousands of Indians had accepted Islam during his forays into India. And in actual fact, which is quite interesting, that many Muslims in South Africa of Gujarati descent are in actual fact indebted to him for bringing Islam to many areas in Gujarat where their ancestors had accepted Islam. So that was Sultan Mahmoud Ghaznavi. Moving on after him, during the 11th century, the Seljuk Turks arrived, which marked the beginning of Turkish power in the Middle East as opposed to Persian. Descended from a tribal chief named Seljuk, these, uh, this tribe could be described as Turco-Persian, so they were a mix, and were a group of nomadic Turkish warriors from the Kinnik branch of the Oz Turks from Central Asia, and unlike the Samanids, they became the guardians of the declining Abbasid Khilafah in the Middle East. The Abbasid Khalif in Baghdad, he was so taken in by the military prowess that he had sanctioned their leader, whose name was Tughrul Bay, with the title King of the East and West. And thus he designated this Seljuk warlord as his temporal duty. They became a very powerful force and were instrumental thereafter encountering the Shi'i Fatimids in Egypt. After the year 1037, they founded the great Seljuk Sultanate, which was an empire centered in Baghdad and controlling a vast area stretching from western Anatolia, which is basically where Turkey is today, and the Levant, which is the eastern part or the western part of the Middle East along the coast, Syria, Jordan, and those areas. Uh, that's in the west, to the Hindu Kush in the east, and from Central Asia to the Persian Gulf in the south. So basically including Iran, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria. The greatest battle of the Seljuks, which many people have uh, begun reading and hearing about of recent, was the Battle of Manzikert or Malazjirt in the year 1071. And this was led by the ruler Alp Arsalan, where they had decisively defeated the Byzantine Empire for the first time, and they captured the Emperor Romanos. Uh, it, it, this battle played an important role in undermining Byzantine authority in Anatolia and in Armenia in the years that followed, and it enabled them to expand westwards into Anatolia, wresting it from the Byzantine Empire right to the shores opposite Constantinople. So this was the first time that this area of Turkey, which we know today, actually came under Muslim or Turkish control. Prior to that, it was Byzantine territory. So they established their capital in the famous Iranian city of Isfahan, 
making it a capital for the very first time. And it became a major thriving city. They had extended the, the Jumu'ah Masjid, adding the famous four Iwan style, which they became famous for, as well as a very famous bazaar adjoining it. And these two uh, monuments still stand today, but obviously they've been taken over by the subsequent dynasties. One of the administrators of the Seljuks, his name was Nizamul Mulk, and uh, he became one of the greatest statesmen of medieval Islam. And for 20 years, and especially during the rule of Sultan Malik Shah, he was the true custodian of the Seljuk state. In, ad- in addition to having administ- administrative abilities, he was also, also an accomplished stylist whose book on statecraft, which was known as Siyasat Nama, is a valuable source for the political thought of the time. And in this book, he stresses the responsibilities of a ruler towards his subjects, as well as the administration of the state. So he was not only a great administrator, but he managed to pen it down so other people could benefit benefit from it as well. Furthermore, he was also a very devout Muslim who established a system of madrasas, which were called Nizamiya after him, uh, to provide students with free education in the religious sciences of Islam. And uh, not only in religious sciences, but also the most advanced scientific and philosophical thought of the time. So the very famous uh, alim and scholar, theologian, um, uh, Al-Ghazali, whose greatest work is named The Revival of the Sciences of, 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 of Deen of Islam, it was a triumph of Sunni thought and theology which was taught at the Nizamiya schools of Baghdad and Nishabur. Imam Ghazali used to teach at these very schools which were established by Nizamul Mulk, known as the Nizamiya schools of Baghdad and at Nishabur as well. So the Nizamiya Madrasa of Baghdad was the largest madrasa or university of the Middle Ages and it charged no fees as, at all. So the Seljuk Empire, they rose and they were able to control this region for uh, a number of years and they began to decline in the 1140s and by 1194 they had been supplanted by the Khawarizmian Empire. And the Seljuk had lasted for about 160 years and they paved the way for the next empire, which would last for the following six centuries, which would be the Ottoman Empire. But prior to the Ottomans, in between, there was another empire, and this will be the last which we are going to discuss today very briefly, is the Timurid Empire, and they ruled in the 14th to the 16th century, from 1370 to 1507. And the Timurid Empire was a Persianite Turco-Mongol empire, comprising modern-day Iran as well, but also Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, the southern region of the Caucasus, Iraq, Kuwait, Afghanistan, much of Central Asia, as well as parts of contemporary Russia, India, Pakistan, Syria, and Turkey. So it was a huge empire. And the empire, as we had discussed in detail when we discussed Uzbekistan, was founded by Taymur, or known in English as Taymalain. And um, we've discussed his life in detail. And it will just suffice to say that he was on one hand a great Muslim conqueror, but on the other hand, he is known also for his other side as being a ruthless invader who actually destroyed so many other Muslim cities, burned and attacked them all, and all of this in the name of creating a Mongol state, which he envisioned himself as being the restorer of the Mongol Empire. But that, this is the last dynasty which, which, which ruled until the year 1507. So Iran was ruled by him as well as part of his empire. And until this point in the history of Iran, 
There were political issues, there were ups and downs, but it was a Sunni land. And in the year 1507, Iran was to change forever. And inshallah ta'ala, if Allah grants us the, the ability, we will continue next week discussing how it changed forever and which dynasty took over thereafter and how Iran has changed to the country that we know it today.